0: Back to the Talk Sex podcast. This is the Cannabis and Sexuality episode. Our guest is Ashley Manta, better known as the Canna Sexual. You can find Ashley on Instagram at Canna Sexual. She has her own podcast. It's called Elevated Intimacy, and you can hear it on Apple and Spotify. She has ooh an online woman's sex magic and empowerment intensive course at highpriestessofpleasure.com and online courses at elevatedintimacy.com. Welcome, Ashley.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: And your website, of course, is ashleymanta.com. It is. How old are you for context? I'm 35.
1: I'm just turned 36.
0: Oh, okay. So basically the same. When did you start smoking weed or getting into cannabis at all?
1: I came very late to the cannabis game, actually, because like you, I suspect I was a child of D.A.R.E. culture and mm-hmm. so, right? I was taught growing up that weed is as bad as heroin and the people who use it are criminals and
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I bought into that coming from a like very conservative Catholic background and it really was not until grad school when I was studying philosophy and most of my cohort and a solid chunk of my professors all smoked weed that I was like, oh, maybe it's not just criminals that smoke weed.
0: <laughs> right. Um, And D.A.R.E., what was it? D.A.R.E., uh, what does D.A.R.E. stand for again? Drug and Alcohol? No.
1: Drug Abuse Resistance Education, I
0: think. Uh, mm, okay. I think you're right. You know, it's funny. I still have a D.A.R.E. shirt and I love to, I mean, I just smoke weed in my D.A.R.E. shirt because I smoke weed in all my shirts. So, Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And also for anyone who didn't have to participate in D.A.R.E., I mean, they're actually so for me, it started, I think, fifth grade and maybe went into sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. Do you? Yeah. Do you remember? And they had a police officer come in and talk to us like, you know, the yes. friendly, likable one that would like never use their power irresponsibly. Of course um, not. <laughs> of course not. Um, but I remember they they were like, if you know someone who uses these, you can report them. Like basically telling kids to like rat out their friends or family.
1: Oh, for sure. It was yeah. so gross the way Awful. that they would use kids. Um, and I was this like good little girl. And I totally bought into it. And I ended friendships with people who smoked weed. I was like, I can't be around you because you do bad things. And I look back on that and I'm like, Oh God, so much shame. I was such a little asshole.
0: But like, what a nice thing to do just now where you just shared that because I mean, some other people might've done the same. And then also I think it kind of helps to reframe how much we can change and develop our ideas because look at you now. Yes. (laughs) Right.
1: Come a long way. (laughs) Right.
0: Okay. So why did you write, uh, please tell me the name of your book.
1: It is called The CBD Solution Sex.
0: Okay. Why did you write The CBD Solution Sex? How Cannabis, CBD, and Other Plant Allies Can Improve Your Everyday Life.
1: It's such a mouthful of a title, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Yummy. It's a beautiful cover, too. Why did you write this book? So
1: this book happened sort of unexpectedly. I was approached by Mary Jane, uh, who were the co-authors of the book. I did all the writing. They had the relationship with the publisher and the means of getting it out into the world. And the editor at Mary Jane was like, we're writing a series of books on CBD and one of them is going to be about sex. And I think you should write it. And my first response was, uh, fuck off. I don't want to write a book. That sounds terrible.
0: <laughs> That's a lot of work. Like like years, right? Like usually like a year or two at least. Normally.
1: Normally that is how it works. Uh, then I found out how much they were paying for the book. And I was like, you know what? You should have led with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> and... Good. It turned out, like I had been kind of mentally writing a book on sex and cannabis for a long time. I had an outline already drafted, like in case someday I decided to write a book, I had a a framework. And it was good that I did because this happened in like June or July of
0: 2019.
1: The the outline was approved in August and the book was due September 9th.
0: Mm.
1: So I wrote that book in less than a month.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. And I made that noise initially when you said like mid 2019 because I was like, oh, and that was before shutdown and COVID and stuff. We didn't even know what was coming. So totally. It, it's great that got published beforehand because that could have delayed things.
1: It was turned in in 2019, but it did not actually get published until September of 2020. And let me just tell you that having a book come out in the middle of COVID is the worst thing ever. All of the mm. plans that we had for like, a launch party with Snoop Dogg because Mary Jane is Snoop Dogg's media company. Oh, my God. All of that got completely turned to dust. And the book, I don't want to say that it flopped, but it didn't really go anywhere because right. everyone was very concerned with COVID, understandably, and not with oh. a book on weed and sex. Totally.
0: Well, we're happy to help promote it now. And I think Thank that you. was the, yeah, the case for so many of us. We watched our dreams uh, dissipate with a unknown pandemic, previously unknown potential pandemic. Uh, So, okay. So you wrote it in a month. Holy crap.
1: Yes. I am very lucky and grateful that most of my friends are experts. So it was just like a five alarm all call that I just shot out emails to everyone I knew with letters after their name. And I was like, I need quotes now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I expect I, I expect I might try to do that someday. Um, so okay, it says that it's written for both solo and partnered sex. Delightful. Yes, uh, a great gift for those who enjoy using CBD or are curious about learning more, and marijuana smokers and anyone interested in sexual exploration. Um, why do we say cannabis instead of marijuana?
1: That is such a great question. So, marijuana is. A word that was popularized in the like 1920s by a guy named Anslinger, who was the first person who ran the drug enforcement, um, newly formed Drug Enforcement Commission. And it was really targeted to scare white people because marijuana is the term that is used in Mexican Spanish to describe cannabis. And so... This guy, Anslinger, was like, I know, even though people are absolutely advertising cannabis tinctures in Sears Roebuck catalogs, if we make the smoking version scary and attach it to black and brown people, that's going to freak out white people. And it did. So cannabis is the scientific name for the plant. And so the movement in the cannabis industry has been to use that scientific name and not the name that is really, really deeply steeped in racism. Mm
0: hmm. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. Okay. So I asked some of my listeners, I said, how do you use cannabis for sex or sexuality? So I'm going to read some of these, um, some of these responses and, um, please do feel free to react. Thank you. Oh yes. Uh, someone says, I get high and relish the human touch. Someone says, I find that when I'm high, I become far more focused sensually and my arousal is stronger hmm hmm Someone says, I like to incorporate it into my edging sessions. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, this is from a man. I love it when I hear that men edge themselves. It's uh, hot. Yeah, I mean, I love it when I hear that anybody can do that, but it's just – it really makes me happy when I, I hear about, like, men being able to delay uh, gratification because I think that's a thing we have issue with in uh, our culture sometimes. Like, really frantic, like, male completionary, like, I got to come now. Totally yeah uh someone says this is related i like getting stoned and i use poppers to pound my ass with my biggest toy fuck yes yeah um we're happy for your happy i don't i don't think we endorse the use of poppers personally or professionally but you do you you do you (laughs) Mm -hmm. we're all about harm reduction so if that's gonna prevent you from doing something else then great Um, And the only reason I would be against poppers is just because I don't know if it's bad for your brain when you're sniffing it. It is
1: not great for your brain from what I understand. But I also know that it's such a staple in the gay community that like far be it for me as a bisexual woman to be like, don't use that. Like you do you guys. It's all cool.
0: Yeah. Someone else says, it helps me relax because there's lots to unpack personally. My partner is amazing. He's very patient. But it also makes the experience much more tantric, I guess. I feel Mm. like I want to eat him.
1: (laughs) I'm just like sitting here nodding at all of these things because the touch sensitivity, the time distortion, and the encouraging you to slow down and be really present in your body, and then the enhancement of like energetic awareness and capabilities, that all tracks with everything I've seen and heard and experienced with sex and cannabis.
0: Lovely. Let's do some more. Bring someone it. says, <laughs> Yeah. You can also use concentrates to enhance sensitivity and sensation. Uh, someone says some people use them internally. What do you think about that?
1: So concentrates, I think, should always have a big old asterisks next to them, um, much like edibles. And that is way better for people who have a lot of knowledge about their tolerance and a pretty significant tolerance. Like I would never recommend concentrates to a beginner. Mm -mm. That said, uh, using concentrates to make uh, cannabis oil is something that I do pretty regularly and as well as suppositories because it's a really accurate way of being able to dose yourself. If you use a gram of concentrates that has 800 milligrams of THC in it, you can kind of do a little bit of math of pretty easy math to figure out like how much liquid you're melting it into and thus how mm-hmm. strong each one is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That said, you have to be really careful about what kind of concentrates that you're using. You're going to want to make sure that you're using solventless, so that you don't have to worry about residual solvents ending up in your bits, which is suboptimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would not apply them directly to like your clit. I, I wouldn't like scoop out a dab and rub it into your clit. That seems massively overkill.
0: Yeah. So where would you put um suppositories you're talking about? So these would just be like not super strong, but suppositories for like vaginally or anally?
1: Vaginally or anally. Uh, vaginally is great for both cramps as well as folks who experience like a sensitive cervix that gets angry when it gets knocked around. Uh, And anal suppositories are great for both like low back pain as well as being able to enjoy anal sex.
0: Nice. And I want to clarify, and you probably know this, that the goal is not to like numb yourself so you can't feel what's happening because that's how we hurt ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And the thing I love about cannabis is that it reduces discomfort without numbing. It just works on the pain receptors so that it decreases discomfort while increasing pleasure, but you are still going to have all of the same reactions. You need to go slow. You need to take your time. You need to breathe. Like it's It does not numb you because you're right. Numbing creates injury.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, good. You're good at your job. I love all this clarification. Thanks. <laughs> this <is great>. Yeah, <laughs> I I smoke weed and eat weed and drink weed all the time. Um, it is eleven sixteen a.m. as I as we speak this, and I had like two hits out of this little booby pipe like this morning with my partner. You know, um, so some of us are chronic users for sure, and oh, a lot yes. of people also are not. So I want to make sure that we two experts don't speak about all of the things. Assuming that our audience is doing the same things. I know some of my audience doesn't smoke weed at all, but they're going to learn a lot.
1: They're going to learn so much. And honestly, like I used to be a super, super heavy tolerance person. I would take a 50 milligram edible and then get on a plane. And <gasps> the the curse of COVID is that my anxiety went through the roof and I started getting panic attacks and weed started making it worse for Mm -hmm. the first time in my life. And Mm -hmm. so I have had to cut back massively and completely reevaluate my relationship with the plant, which actually has sort of served me one, because it's way more cost effective. And two, Mm -hmm. because now I can relate to new users in a way that I was like, not able to three years ago when I was just smoking and dabbing left and Mm -hmm. right constantly.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like I remember you posting on Facebook because we follow each other on Facebook too. Yes. Yeah, I think I remember you posting something about that. And I've kind of gone through that too, where like, I mean, I remember I was smoking a blunt before a stripper shift and one of the bartenders was like, "L, are you just smoking that like casually? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have a problem. Yeah, my tolerance is way (laughs) too high. Yes. And I would do like a 50 milligram editable before like a stripper shift. Whereas if normally that would make you know someone pass the fuck out. Right. Um, right. And that's not sustainable and it is expensive. And also we want our brains to have like a baseline at sometimes, right?
1: Absolutely. Moderation is right. key.
0: Right. And also it's nice because when I use less, then when I actually use it, I feel it more. Absolutely. Right. So someone, let's see. So the question to my listeners and followers was, how do you use cannabis for sex or sexuality? Let's read some more of these. Yes. Someone says, I use a CBD cream to give massages to a partner. Mm. Uh, Someone else says, I've never used it during sex, but I've enjoyed getting high before sex. Okay. Well, I think that's what we're talking
1: about. That's exactly (laughs) what we're talking about. (laughs) That's
0: what we're talking about. But then someone else says right above that, they say, I love to smoke weed as someone eats me out, preferably a man, because it's also a power thing. <laughs> I, respect. Okay. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, You know, what's funny though. Like if you hit like a, like a pen or something, it's going to make you cough quite a bit while someone's going down on you, you will cough quite a bit. And then you're like flexing into their mouth. Right. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Someone says it always helps me to be more confident and stay out of my head mm. to focus on pleasure. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh! Someone else says it makes me so horny and I come so hard if I'm getting eaten out while smoking a joint.
1: Wow. Okay. Mm. Two votes for smoking a joint yeah. while getting eaten out. Excellent. I,
0: yeah. I hope you have good ventilation. That's my only concern. For real. <laughs> um. Okay. Someone else says giving or receiving oral is just better with weed but it's good without too. Uh ooh someone else says i have psoriasis and weed helps with the pain which allows me to feel sexual. Yes that that's really yeah cr- people with chronic pain. Mhm. Mhm. Yes. Uh let's see a couple more. Someone says I share it with my partner to make her horny, and there's like five (laughs) whys.
1: Okay. I just need to address a tiny misconception here, which is that- Please do. Weed itself does not make you horny. Like desire and arousal are such a multifaceted process that to reduce it to just smoking a joint and getting turned on is like painfully reductive go on. What I've found to be true is that cannabis helps address the things that get in the way of getting turned on, which allows you to get turned on. So what are the things that get in the way? Being stuck in your head, having pain, feeling insecure in your body, Mm -hmm. not having a ton of sensation and being like disconnected from your body. Those things go away or at least are drastically reduced in the presence of cannabis. And I think that's what allows you to access your turn on as opposed to like, I smoked a joint and popped
0: a boner. Like that's just
1: not, it's not Viagra for fuck's sake.
0: Definitely. (laughs) Cannabis is not boner pills. We'll put that in the episode. It's not. But right. And I've said this before and you probably have too, like so many, you know, so-called dysfunctions that people experience with like, erectile dysfunction or engorgement dysfunction or premature ejaculation for males like a lot of it has to do with anxiety sure so if you can quell the anxiety first or the self-doubt first right it allows people to feel more receptive and present and creative and all those things so yes thank you for clarifying that yes yes okay so the book is mary jane's the cbd solution Sex: How Cannabis, CBD and Other Plant Allies Can Improve Your Everyday Life uh, by Ashley Manta. So, look up elevatedintimacy.com, find Ashley on Instagram at canna sexual. Phew, summer is here and my vulva is sweaty. And itchy and a little irritated, so I'm going to use the salve from Momotaro Apotheca and maybe take a nice cool bath with their oil as well. Try Momotaro Apotheca or Oshihana products. That's O S H I H A N A, or Momotaro Apotheca m o m o t a r o apotheca dot com, and use my Instagram handle Stripper Writer for a discount. Welcome back to the Talk Sex Podcast. This is the Cannabis and Sexuality episode with our guest Ashley Manta, the Cannasexual. You do coaching or what are you hireable for?
1: I am hireable for so many things. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So I do coaching for women and couples, and that is like kind of my premium offering. I am expensive, but I'm worth it. I also do in-person retreats on my own, as well as with my colleague, uh, Dr. Shannon Chavez, who is an amazing sex therapist, and we're going to be doing body sex retreats starting this summer up in uh, Kern County, California. So Mm. that's a thing that I can do. You can also hire me to teach at your retreat or at a resort anywhere in the Mm. world, especially if it's Mm. pretty and warm there. (laughs) And um, I also do, I speak for various groups on college campuses, as well as like sex shops and uh, at professional conferences.
0: Awesome. So, something you said uh, so there were some other actually listener follower responses that I'm seeing now that I think are fucking fascinating. So, earlier I asked people, how do you use cannabis for sexuality? Someone says, if I'm stoned, I can't get it up. So it's good for nights when we have hours to spend on her. Ooh, love that. Right. Uh, Someone else says, my girlfriend has started hormone replacement therapy six months ago and has medical grade topicals for her stenosis that help with the breast tenderness. Hmm. Massage has become a great way to explore new sensations for her And her body smells like dank weed and is all moisturized.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a win on all possible levels. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, and what we said before, someone says, I use it as pain relief as a disabled woman so that I can be more comfortable. So... Ashley, thank you for being here today, folks. You can hear more of me on my subscriber page at patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. That is some of the stuff I can't post on Instagram because I will get kicked off. Not saying I won't get kicked off anyway. I'm on Instagram at stripperwriter and my website is lstanger.com. So let's do some listener questions. Sweet. All right. Listener question one. ADHD and anxiety make coming with a partner next to impossible for me. Can cannabis help?
1: As someone who has both ADHD and anxiety, I can tell you yes with context. So (laughs) THC specifically has something called a biphasic effect, which means it has opposite effects at high and low doses and high and low is entirely subjective to your body. So, mm-hmm. what does that mean? That means at low doses or where you are within your happy tolerance bubble, you are going to feel euphoric, calm, present, highly sensitive, maybe giggly, and creative. At the point at which it crosses into too much weed for you, whatever that mm-hmm. amount is, paranoia, anxiety, rapid heart rate, nausea, mm-hmm. dizziness. All of the things that are like not at all conducive to sexy fun times can start to happen. So my advice is, especially if you are someone with anxiety and ADHD, start low, go slow. That is the adage for Mm -hmm. edibles, but I really believe that it applies to cannabis or any form of altered sex as a whole. And Mm -hmm. try some on your own, just a little bit. Masturbate. See how you feel. Notice what's going on in your body. Notice what's going on in your head. And then... Figure out what works best for your anxiety and your ADHD and how that manifests for you. And then decide which one and how much you want to use with a partner.
0: Mm -hmm. So thank you for that advice reminder. I always tell people if you go into a dispensary, just be honest with the person where you're like, I have no idea about any of this. I'm a beginner and I'm worried about having anxiety. So That will be, I think, helpful in the person working there helping you or like having some context from where you're coming from.
1: So it is helpful to be transparent and self-aware. I mean, self-aware to begin with is really helpful. But it's also important to remember that the person that you're talking to is getting paid around $12 to $15 an hour to be a product specialist, therapist, salesperson, pharmacist. Like Mm. they're not trained for that they learn mm-hmm. very basic often not entirely scientifically based like marketing tools for cannabis and so it would be like going into your barista and being like what's the best coffee for me to get shit done like right who the fuck does- know. like that's just right. not in their wheelhouse so while i think it is really important to to know what you're looking for it's also important to ask the right people and you're bud tender may not be that person, it may Mm -hmm. require you to actually check in with like a cannabis health professional. And there are like cannabis coaches and cannabis nurses and cannabis doctors that you can speak with who are Mm -hmm. actually like really trained to kind of
0: steer you in the right direction. Do you have any resources for any of those on your website or otherwise?
1: I absolutely Uh do. If you go to sexandcannabis.com, that is the Sex and Cannabis Professional Alliance website, which I co-founded with Dr. Jordan Tischler, who's a Harvard MD, Chelsea Sabara, Mm. who's a product specialist, and Reba Kareen Thomas, uh, also known as Reba the Diva, who's an amazing sex educator and cannabis policy expert in DC.
0: Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. Um. Okay. So yeah, and I uh, also, as someone with ADHD, it's really interesting because sometimes when I stop smoking weed, I remember why I started. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm like, oh my god, too many thoughts, and they're moving so fast. And I mean, it can be very helpful. I took a couple days where I didn't really smoke, and I was like, my digestion was a little fucked up because my my tolerance is too high, and I know that. Um. After I had a partner die, I was like, "Well, it's either this or I'm gonna drink my face off." So, I've been smoking more weed as harm reduction, so that I don't do, you know, the harder drugs. Sure. Um, where was it going with this? But yeah, um, so dosing, what you said, low and slow, is so helpful because we don't want to make these things worse.
1: Absolutely, and you know, it helps to take a tolerance break every once in a while. Even just seven days off can make a difference to kind of bring you back down to a more manageable level.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds good. So many tips. All right. Let's see. Listener question two. Does smoking dry everyone out or just me? I can be feeling the mood and still dry.
1: Okay. So we're going to take a slight detour and geek out for a second on arousal non-concordance.
0: Yay. <laughs> and then
1: we will... Dive back into cannabis. So uh, if you have not read Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, stop what you're doing right now. If you have a vulva or someone in your life that you fuck does, go read this book. Mm -hmm. It is really, I would say the seminal, (laughs) pun intended, work on sexuality in our generation. And she talks about a phenomenon called arousal non-concordance, which in a nutshell means that you can be Dry as a bone and very turned on and very wet mm-hmm. and not at all turned on. And so using mm-hmm. wetness as an in, a reliable indicator of arousal only works about 25% of the time, which is to say not really reliably at all. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, knowing that you can be really turned on and dry and that that's okay, that's why you use lube every time mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: is helpful to just kind of go into that thought process with. Secondary to that is there's really no earthly reason why cannabis should dry you out. Because even though like sometimes your mouth gets dry or your eyes get red when you're smoking, that shouldn't apply to every mucosal membrane in your body. Hmm. But for some people, it does. And there's nothing wrong with them. They're not broken or wrong. Hmm. And if that's the case for you, hydrate more and use lube. Hmm. And if it doesn't, then you don't have to worry about it. But use lube anyway, because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, lube is great. Yeah, you're less likely to rip condoms or transmit STIs yep. or get BV. Um, that's awesome. Okay, good tips. <laughs> I, I I like to say, I'm like, I am a dry ass bitch. Like same. My, yeah, my skin, my lips are chapped, my pussy sometimes, I'll, you know, quite often. I have like five different lubes. Uh, same. Same. Oh, this was important. I forgot to ask this earlier because (laughs) stoner brain. Um, (laughs) Can you explain the differences between THC and CBD?
1: Absolutely. That is one of the most common things that people need to know. And interestingly, despite the fact that my book is called The CBD Solution Sex, I was very intentional about including all aspects of the cannabis plant in the book, but CBD Mm -hmm. is the less scary one for, you know, the Midwestern states. So that's Mm -hmm. what we tend to focus on. So Mm -hmm. there are in your body, there is something called an endocannabinoid system, endo meaning and short for endogenous. So it's within your body. And just like you have a skeletal system and a circulatory system and a reproductive system, you have an endocannabinoid system. And these receptors are In your brain in your skin in your organs they are all over the goddamn place and they react with both cannabinoids that your body produces uh including anandamide and something called 2ag as well as phytocannabinoids that the cannabis plant produces things like thc cbd cbn cbg alphabet soup so you can actually have a cannabinoid deficiency in your body if you do not get enough cannabinoids So that's Hmm. like something to keep in mind. But THC and CBD are both cannabinoids. They work with your endocannabinoid system where THC works directly with it. CBD sort of doesn't fit like a lock in key into the endocannabinoid system. It... There's another receptor. If you're into chemistry, you can like look at what the, the receptors and the CBD molecules look like and see why they don't quite fit, but it's close. Uh, my friend Chelsea calls CBD the, the slutty cannabinoid because it has weak action, weak action at a number of superficial receptors. Um, yeah. And that is not in any way to impugn sluts. I am a proud slut, but it's sort yeah. of funny that she describes it that way. Um,
0: sexually prolific.
1: Sexually prolific. So CBD has weak action in a number of superficial receptors, which means it does not have the kind of punch of THC. THC is widely known as the one that gets you high, uh, which is actually mm-hmm. delta-9-THC. When you if you pick a, a flower from cannabis off of the plant and stick it in your mouth, chew and swallow, nothing's going to happen. Because in that mm-hmm. form, it's THCA, the acid form, which hasn't been heated. When it gets heated, it turns into delta-9. That's when it gets you stoned. So delta-9-THC has psychoactive effects and CBD has more anti-inflammatory effects. You could say that it has mild psychoactive effects and the, the fact that they've found that in large doses, it can reduce anxiety, but large doses means like 10 to 20 milligrams per kilogram of body weight, which is For the average person somewhere between like 1,800 and 2,200 milligrams, which is way more than that five milligram gummy you just took. Oh, God. So um, the the majority of CBD's effects, especially in isolation, are largely the result of placebo. Hmm. That's just real. Mm -hmm. And And a
0: placebo is something that, you know, doesn't have any chemical components to it, but your brain, you think it's going to work, so it works. I mean, exactly. If it, works, it works. Yeah.
1: It's it's taking a sugar pill for a headache, but somebody tells you that it's an oxy, and you're like, oh wow, my pain is gone. And it's there's no reason. Right. It's just mind over right. matter.
0: It's giving people non-alcoholic beer and telling them it's regular beer and studying them acting more um as if they were drunk. Some people do that. They've done those studies before. Because they're like, Well, I have an expectation of how I should feel or behave, and this is what I did. So are wild. You can
1: send C B D across state lines, whereas you cannot send THC across state lines. It has to stay within the state in which it originated. And so mm-hmm. because that it's available in all states, including states where THC is prohibited, it's become very popular um, among folks who are new to cannabis mm-hmm. and who can't get anything else. And if if really if C B D is all that you can get in the form of like a full spectrum, which means all of the other like terpenes and and helping cannabinoids other than THC is available to you, use that. It's better than nothing. But if you mm-hmm. can get something with THC also, CBD and THC work better together.
0: Hmm. I talk to clients of mine, like sex work clients who like truckers, like they can't use THC. They get tested for it. So a lot of them, they drink or if they can use CBD they will but a lot of them like have you know back pain chronic pain or other injuries and they're really really they're like I wish I could smoke weed I can't I get tested I'll get fired mm-hmm. um so then I'm like well what about CBD and usually they're like uh I don't know like they just don't know about it yet but it seems like it's it's becoming more marketable for people who like can't do the THC thing
1: it is becoming more marketable although I've heard from some friends in like military and federal government that their drug tests are starting to now include CBD as well. That is, which is up. such bullshit. Like, why? I can't uh. even imagine. Mm. Um, and interestingly, like, as a sort of corollary to this, you'll hear a lot about like hemp versus cannabis. Hemp is literally just a legal distinction, they are the exact same plant. It is designated as hemp if it has less than 0.3% THC. That's all huh. it means.
0: Wow. Okay. That is so strange. So like if you see hemp lubricant in the chain grocery store, which I recently did, it's I feel like it's pandering because it's not going to give you cannabis lube effects. It's not. And often
1: those guys will put hemp seed oil in it and call it hemp and hemp seed oil does not have CBD in it like it's mm. those are not the same. And so people think hemp means CBD and so if they buy this hemp lube, it's going to do anything. It's just hemp seed oil and it does literally nothing other than moisturize. Mm.
0: Mm. Got it. Yep. Okay. Listener question 3. Why does a chronic user of cannabis get anxiety if not smoking during the day?
1: I mean, that could have so many answers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gestures broadly to the world that we live in
0: <laughs>
1: could be a cause of your anxiety, perhaps. Just hey. guessing. Um, but right. if if cannabis is a medicine for you that is helping keep your anxiety in check, and you are not consuming for eight to 12 hours at a time. It could be that your anxiety is creeping back in, but if that's the case, like if if cannabis is the only thing that's keeping your anxiety at bay, I would really, really invite you to explore like somatic therapy, mm-hmm. mindfulness, yoga, deep breathing. Like cannabis can't mm-hmm. be the only tool in your toolkit. No, because that's-,
0: that's how we become reliant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's great that it's helpful for you. And I would... I've really had my life changed by somatic therapy, which is, it's a body-based therapy where I'm actually like on a massage table talking to a licensed therapist while she's like touching my body.
0: Mm -hmm. And it is
1: transformative. It has helped Mm -hmm. me get like more comfortable in my body, stop dissociating, start being able to feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. And that in conjunction with cannabis is actually really helpful for me. But when it was just Mm -hmm. cannabis, it wasn't really doing the trick either.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And that makes sense. Tools in our tool belt we want to have. Yes. And also, why does someone get anxiety if not smoking during the day? I mean, yeah, gestures broadly <laughs> to the world. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like doing my dishes and I was like, why am I so stressed and depressed all the time? And then I was like, oh, because I'm living at like the downfall of a civilization. I mean, yeah. The economy's bad, chain mm-hmm. supply issues, pollution, like, makes sense. Yeah. Um, I work in a somewhat heavily regulated and often criminalized industry of mm-hmm. sex work and the hammers keep falling. So it makes sense. It's okay to, like, feel anxiety because anxiety keeps us alert sometimes. It yes. helps us be safe.
1: Yes. The world um, is literally and figuratively on fire. So I would be more concerned if you were not feeling anxiety.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. So listener question four, are there any particular strains that you really like or great tips for sex while on canvas?
1: Okay. So those are two very different questions, Um, (laughs) but I like the first one a lot because it's the one I get most often from uh, journalists who are interviewing me for their articles. And the answer is That would be like going into a sex shop and being like, what's the best vibrator to give me an orgasm? Right. How the fuck should I know? That is entirely your body. Um, So set and setting matter anytime you're using mind-altering substances, whether it's cannabis or mushrooms or anything else. So where is your head? And also like where is your body in space? Are you somewhere safe and comfortable and relaxing? Clean
0: if that's important clean to you. if that's
1: important to you. With mm-hmm. music and incense if you're a Taurus like me and you love luxurious shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you're a Virgo like me and you're a control freak and it needs to be clean. <laughs>
1: I love Virgo brains so much.
0: Good. Here we are. Yay.
1: Oh, the Taurus Virgo connection is strong. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We're so, yeah, honest. what's the best strain for sex? It also depends on what kind of sex you want to be having and how that particular strain impacts you. Do you find that it makes you more like creative and energetic? Or do you find it makes you more sleepy and relaxed and like better for that kind of slow, lovemakey kind of sex? It's Mm -hmm. really, it's a choose your own adventure. And the best way to figure out what the best strain for sex is, is try a bunch of like, you know, go to a dispensary and get five pre-rolls, all of different strains and smoke a puff, masturbate, take notes, then wait an Mm -hmm. hour, smoke a puff, masturbate and take notes. Like it's, It really is that kind of fact-finding mission that you kind of have to go on. And the taking notes part is important because cannabis is terrible for your short-term memory. You ever do something on weed and then forget?
0: I have. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 I also, another uh, probable, tell me how you think about this because some people need more time to process and to notice. I would say if you get the five pre-rolls that are all different, like use a different one and take notes like on different days maybe if you need more bounce back. Yeah, those okay, that's a good. I like formulas steps that we can suggest to people. Okay, so secondly, or great tips for sex well on cannabis.
1: Ah, oh, this is actually my genuinely favorite question. Um mm. I actually just did a training with Nicoletta Heidegger for therapists on sex cannabis and psychedelics and my presentation was Doing it well, a pragmatic approach to altered sex. So this is the shit that I geek out on. And it really, for me, begins and ends with consent. That is why I got into sex and cannabis as a sex educator. I, as a trauma survivor, was like, wow, I'm really impressed with how this is helping me with my trauma physiological symptoms. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know anyone else who's talking about sex and cannabis. And of the, like, random articles you'd see, no one was talking about consent. So I was like, okay, I got this. Put me in, coach. (laughs) So my golden rule is negotiate before you medicate. Yes. Have a conversation with your partner about what's on the table, what's not on the table, fears, boundaries, and desires. And also, this is what I'm planning to take and how I'm expecting it to impact me. And this is how I want you to take care of me if something goes sideways. I Mm. want you to bring me – If you notice that something's wrong, stop having sex with the person, check in, and then wrap them up like a sushi burrito or bring them some water or hot tea or leave them the fuck alone or cuddle Mm -hmm. them or whatever you've pre-negotiated as aftercare is really important. Mm -hmm. But having that conversation up front is just crucial. You do not want to get stoned at a party and fuck the first person that you trip over. That is not (laughs) setting yourself up for success.
0: Mm-mm, definitely. Um, these are great. I'm just like, I I don't have anything else to say to that. <laughs> yeah. And that is rare. Uh yes, definitely. There's like the so you know in kink and bondage, you've probably heard about safer, sane consent mm-hmm. model. Um, and then there's also the risk aware consensual. What is kink. it? Risk aware consensual kink. Yeah, mm-hmm. rack model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like this is more of the rack model where it's like, we don't know what's going to happen, but let's take this and see. And also, here's the backup plan in case it doesn't go well. Exactly. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, so everybody check out the CBD solution, Sex, How Cannabis, CBD, and Other Plant Allies Can Improve Your Everyday Life. And find Ashley on highprecissofpleasure.com or elevatedintimacy.com and ashleymanta.com. Hey Elle, where did you train to be a sex educator? I went to instituteforsexuality.com. If you do not need to be ASECT certified, you can take their shorter program. It's new. It's called SWEET. Sexual wellness education and enlightenment training. It's about half the price of their regular program, and you can do it at your own pace because it's all on demand. You can take it online, you can take one learning path at a time to make it more manageable financially. Go to instituteforsexuality.com and click on on demand programs. You can check out their other classes too. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast. This is the Cannabis and Sexuality episode with guest Ashley Manta. Find me, your host, L Stanger, on patreon.com forward slash strangebedfellows. You can see recommended products on lstanger.com or theytalksex.com. Let's talk more about cannabis. Ashley. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking at a study or what I can see of the study Uh, It was published in 2019, Mm -hmm. Uh, The Relationship Between Marijuana Use Prior to Sex and Sexual Function in Women. So it looks like one, two, three, at least three women researchers out of five researchers were involved in this. So that makes me feel better. It's not a bunch of men studying sexual function in women. Um, Okay, so... Main outcome measures or results. It says the primary outcome was satisfaction in the sexual domains of drive, orgasm, lubrication, dyspareunia. God, I always forget how to say that word. I think you said it right. I think I did too. And overall sexual experience. The secondary outcome was the effect of marijuana. Was the sorry? The secondary outcome was the effect of the frequency of marijuana use on satisfaction. Um. So they did, it wasn't like a huge, huge study in my opinion. There was 373 participants mm-hmm. and 34%, which in this case is 127, reported having used, they call it marijuana here, cannabis sure. before sexual activity. Yeah. Most women reported increases in sex drive, improvement in orgasm, decrease in pain, but no change in lubrication. Um, let's see. Other adjustments. Okay. Women who reported cannabis use before sexual activity had 2.13 higher odds of reporting satisfactory orgasms than women who reported no cannabis use. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is not to say like, you know, listeners, if you're having challenges orgasming that like cannabis is going to make you orgasm. But again, it's a tool. Mm -hmm.
1: I remember when that study came out and everyone was like I love the media and I also sometimes hate the media because like they get so excited and on one hand it's nice because it makes my job easier because people all of a sudden are like oh my god sex and cannabis who would have thought and at the same time I look at these studies and it's nice to have any science we have such limited data on sex and cannabis but like Mm -hmm. 373 people That's a fair sample size, but also it's all from the same gynecology office, which means like the demographics Mm -hmm. are probably pretty homogeneous, Mm -hmm. and it's a geographic
0: location in one geographic
1: location, and it's a survey, and so I find that the people who are willing to take sex-related surveys tend to be a little bit more sexually advanced and or like amenable to the possibilities of pleasure than the average person so I don't want to like diss the results of this study but at the same time it's like like everything you know take it with a little bit of a salt lick and have your own experience like I think that the science is valuable I think it's especially valuable when it comes to cannabis and like how it's impacting pain with penetration like and and potentially orgasm but I want to see that measured in a functional MRI machine not just like a self-reported data situation Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you know if you've ever witnessed a car accident and asked three people what they witnessed they will tell you three different things because it's all so subjective like it's we're really bad at even judging our own experience sometimes Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so all of that is to say like studies are useful to an extent and, and if it opens people up to the possibility that cannabis can work for them, that's great. But like, just because something worked for someone else doesn't mean that it's going to work for you in the same ways. So be your own scientist and, and do your own experimental research and see what works for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I feel like at this point, it's responsible to bring up uh, CHS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cannabinoid. God, please pronounce that word for me. Hyperemesis. <laughs> <laughs> hyperemesis. Okay. I've been saying it wrong. Cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. So to what I understand about CHS is that not all cannabis smokers will get this, but all people who get this are heavy cannabis smokers. Um, so what does this mean? So this could be, let's see, the prodromal phase first phase, the main symptoms tend to be, and this is from like overuse, I believe, right?
1: It's typically from overuse, but there is some evidence to suggest that like it may just be that your body produces or has certain like enzyme reactions to cannabinoids that like makes it react violently with Mm. a lot of projectile vomiting.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So main symptoms in the first phase of CHS could be early morning nausea, belly or abdominal pain, burping, heartburn, uh, similar to acid reflux, diarrhea constipation. Some people develop a fear of vomiting. So I'm looking at cannabinoid hype Jesus, say it again. Hyperemesis. Hyperemesis.com. Mm-hmm. Um this was something I actually looked up and learned about. And I really think I was starting to have these issues when I was just honestly clutching my bong and hitting it all day, every day for like months. Yeah. Because of stress. Right. Sure. Right. Um Hyperemetic phase. Oh, I know I didn't say that right either. No, but- you did great. Awesome. Okay. So secondary phase, this is more serious. Uh, symptoms may include ongoing nausea, repeated vomiting, belly pain, decreased food intake and weight loss, dehydration, which is very serious and can lead to organ failure, acid reflux, sweating, chills, burping, diarrhea, constipation. So correct me if I'm wrong. Um, when I initially started reading about this, it was that only like one per or so people had knowingly died of CHS, and it was like a pretty young man, and I think it was like an organ failure issue. Ooh, that I – I'm not
1: sure, okay. but I suspect it was probably because of the the intense puking and dehydration because like there, one of my very close friends, Alice Moon, is sort of the face of CHS in a lot of ways on the uh, internet. Uh. And so I – watched her be hospitalized for, I want to say it was somewhere between seven and 11 days where she was hooked up to an IV. She could not keep anything down. And like we were very scared that she was going to die.
0: Okay. So everybody, you can overdo it and your body might not like cannabis. So uh but so i have a friend too that was experiencing a lot of these symptoms and i i was like you know you smoke weed all day every day and you do it with like joints and dabs and vapes like really concentrated shit uh so i showed him this and he's actually been bringing it to his doctors he's been to like a few different internalists uh over the last year and a half none of them had fucking heard of this so it is
1: not widely known yet and there are a lot of people in the cannabis industry who think that it's complete bullshit that it's it's neem oil poisoning or it's pesticides or it's it's things like that um and it's not to say that everyone who uses a ton of weed is going to develop chs like there are specific genetic markers it's starting to look like that if you smoke too much and you have you know certain things in your dna then you could develop chs but like I mean, Tommy Chong
0: and Judge Marin, like,
1: they're cool. Willie Nelson is fine. So, you know, it's like, it's not that it's going to happen to everyone who smokes too much weed. But if you have, like, these certain things in your DNA and Mm -hmm. you go overboard, whatever overboard is for you, you could develop
0: CHS. Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay, something else I thought was interesting. Many people take frequent hot showers or baths to ease their nausea or discomfort. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people may experience burns on the skin from using scalding hot water. Mm -hmm. Um, So... This is something I think it's good to be aware of. Uh, It's definitely been useful for me to remind myself, like, what I put in my body does matter and I have to pay attention. And it also comes as no surprise that people in cannabis industry would be like, nope, this isn't a thing because they don't want it to impact their money. They want people to buy, buy, buy. Right. Right. But as you and I know, that's not sustainable to just, yeah, to just do whatever we want all the time. And so many of the problems we have on this planet are because we didn't do sustainable planning anyway. I feel like that was responsible for us to bring up. Definitely. Yes. And if you're curious Um, about it, go to
1: cannabinoid-hyperemesis.com and you can learn more about it.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. So you've been with us for an hour. Um, Everybody, please look up Ashley. It sounds like she could teach us a lot more. (laughs) Um, You already gave us so many tips, but I ask every guest this. Do you have any sex tips for our audience?
1: Yes. My favorite sex tip is slow down. (laughs) And I mean that whether you are solo or partnered. If you're masturbating, don't just rub one out and, and hit the pressure release valve. Like, take your time. Seduce yourself. Look into your own eyes. Like stroke Mm -hmm. different parts of your body if you're partnered you know quickies are great to scratch the itch but like set aside whatever your normal length of sex is double it and just see what happens when you have that extra time i am someone who wants to be in bed pretty much all day that's i'm a slut i am a hedonist i (laughs) have a t-shirt that says i'd rather be fucking and that's pretty much how i approach life so you know my my ideal birthday weekend is to spend two nights in a hotel doing nothing but having sex and occasionally getting up to like eat or go to the bathroom.
0: Oh my gosh! I am gonna tell my boyfriend this as soon as I get off the recording. Uh, hey, guess what we're doing for your birthday? Um, fully support, <laughs> fully support. And if anyone's listening, like, well, how do I ask for this with my partner? I mean, just really ask for it in a way like, you know, I would like to spend an hour or two or some hours or the afternoon or, you know, next Saturday when we have time, can we just spend some time in bed together and just play? And by all means, blame it on us. I love it when people (laughs) blame shit on me and they're
1: like, this crazy chick, Ashley in California said that like she has sex for hours. And I'm just curious, would you be up for like trying something like that sometime?
0: (laughs) (laughs) water have water by the bedside so much
1: water so much lube
0: so much water so much lube um i'm a fan of wipes obviously bathroom breaks definitely <laughs> what else um maybe music incense yeah, yeah fan Yeah, fans, some white noise. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, everyone have a great time. Earlier, Ashley, you said the word terpenes. Can you explain what terpenes are?
1: I sure can. Terpenes are the compounds that are responsible for a plant's fragrance. They're the same building blocks of scents that are found in essential oils. So if you have ever smelled lemon oil, what you're actually smelling is a terpene called limonene. When you smell lavender, what you're actually smelling is a terpene called linalool. And Hmm. these terpenes are actually as responsible for what we experience as strain-specific effects as anything else. So Hmm. we get very caught up in like, oh, I like Blue Dream or I like Durban Poison or I like Jack Herrera. But what are the specific terpenoids that are causing that smell? When you open up a jar of flour and you're like... Ooh, that's really earthy, or that's really floral, or that's really um, piney. Those are terpenes that you're smelling, and they tend to steer the effects more so than the uh, indica sativa bullshit, which it really is just that. Indica hmm. sativa is, means nothing. It is. Really? Yeah. It's was born like 400 years ago by some dude in France. And he tried to make indica a thing and it has become shorthand in the industry. But in terms of like botany, there is no difference. Everything is a hybrid these days. And the way that the leaf looks, which is basically like sativa leaves are long, skinny leaves and indica leaves are Mm -hmm. short, bushy leaves. Mm -hmm. The way that the leaf looks has nothing to do with the effects at
0: all. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's just like blowing my mind. Yay.
1: So what happens is way back in the the illegal market days, you would go to a dealer and they would smoke their own supply and they'd be like, this makes me really buzzy. I'm going to call this a sativa. This makes me sleepy. I'm going to call this an indica. And then as we got into the legal market, you would go to your dispensary and be like, I want to be creative. And the Mm -hmm. person at the place would be like, oh, here, this is a sativa. This will make you creative. And then you're like, you go home and you think it's going to make you creative. So maybe it does, or maybe it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that one just didn't work for me. But you go back and you're Mm -hmm. like, I want more of that sativa one. And they go back to the dispensary to the growers and the manufacturers. And they're like, we need more sativa. And so they like, it's just, it's a Hmm. self-perpetuating cycle that is based in nothing more than the placebo effect.
0: Interesting. Gosh, brains are so weird okay good that was exactly what i needed so okay <laughs> yay thank you ashley manta for being here everybody look her up on all the websites high elevatedintimacy.com, dot com, and ashleymanta.com and look up her book mary jane's cbd Solutions sex uh you can find me on lstanger.com and let's see oh i'm on twitter at l stanger tweet me there sometimes i post boobies there but not very often (laughs) i like to put stuff behind a paywall when possible you know fully support what a a bitch yeah what a greedy bitch keeping her tits (laughs) all to herself (laughs) Uh, (laughs) all right ashley thank you so much and i'll see you on the internet thank you so much this was great yeah until next time Lots of us know to grab a towel when we're on our period for period sex, but what if you could just get the layer? Try getthelayer.com because it's not just a sex blanket. It's great for not ruining sheets, bedding, furniture, whether you're on your period, whether you're a squirter, whether you're just trying to be polite. It's black. It's discreet. You can get 10% off when you getthelayer.com and use the code L-E-L-L-E all caps my name try it out let me know how you like it it is my travel companion get the layer.com